closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. This is our 11th week being online, and you need to know one thing. I miss being with you folks. So we, we've been around a couple of groups this week uh, that, have con- that have started to meet, and boy, it has blessed my heart. I can't wait till we get back in this room. I, I want you to understand this. We are working uh, to bring people back here safely, and hopefully in the next week or two, we'll be making an announcement about that. But you know what? We continue to be the church and, and to be the hands of feet Jesus in this community. And the only way that we can do that is through your faithful giving. You guys are giving online through the website. You're giving through the app. Some are mailing it in, and even a few of you are dropping it by. And I want you to know we're using every penny of that uh, to make a difference in this community and to let people see the love of Jesus. You might not know this about me, but a lot of years ago, I used to lead wilderness trips. And I will never forget one trip that I was on. It was in the North Woods of Wisconsin on Lake Superior in the Porcupine Mountains. We were out for 14 days. That meant everything that we had for those 14 days was in our backpack. It had our food, our clothes, our sleeping bag, and a poncho that we, we used for a tent. And it was all right there. And after 14 days, I'll put it this way, we were kind of earthy, but we didn't realize it. We just didn't realize it. Why? Because we were around everybody else that was earthy. On the ride back to base camp, the driver says, how would you guys like to stop at this little store? And we got out of the van and we were suddenly confronted by being back in society. And what we were confronted with was our our dirtiness and, and the odor that we had about us. And, and it was stepping back into society. But we're going to be looking at Isaiah 6, 1 through 8 today. And Isaiah steps into the holiness of God. And what Isaiah discovers there is his unholiness. Maybe that's happened to you. It has to me when I've been in God's word or when I've been in prayer. I've suddenly come face to face with God's holiness. So let's jump in. We'll start in Isaiah 6, 1. And this is what it says there. In the year that King Uzziah died. I have to stop there. I can just tell you. Uh, King Uzziah was a good king. He was a great king. He reigned for 52 years, and the people of God were prosperous, and things were going well. They would have mourned. They would have mourned King Uzziah's death, just as Isaiah would, because they were close. And, and, and in this, I will tell you that God never wastes a crisis. God never wastes a crisis. And, 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 and in this crisis that we're in now, the COVID-19 crisis, I would tell you, we need to be looking for God working. If I could say it this way, if I were writing like, uh, like Isaiah did, I might start it out like this. In the year of COVID-19, I relied on God more than ever before. I spent more time on my knees and in his word because I had never seen anything like this. I tell you, folks, in the year of COVID-19, God is working. And sometimes 
God uses circumstances in our world to get our attention. And don't waste this time. Let's keep on reading. In Isaiah 6, back in verse 1, and Isaiah says, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their face. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. And they were calling to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, This has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. That is Isaiah's call to ministry. And and, and Isaiah experiences the holiness and mercy of God, and he sees it so clearly. And that's the sermon in a sentence today. Transformation happens when we see God clearly. Transformation happens when we see God clearly. And what we're going to see here is that Isaiah sees God's holiness and encounters his mercy and grace and is transformed. First thing I I would have you understand is that Isaiah steps in to God's holiness. And when he is there, he realizes how sinful he is. And that's where we begin. When we see God's holiness, we realize what a mess we are. When we see God's holiness, we realize what a mess we are. It's much like stepping back into society after a 14-day camping trip. And, 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 And we suddenly realize that we're a mess. His eyes were open to his sinfulness. His eyes were open to his filthiness as he stepped into God's holiness. And and these verses will tell us two things about God's holiness. And I want you to understand this. God's holiness is, first of all, holy, holy, holy. It's a layered holiness because one holy wouldn't do it. Two holies wouldn't cover how holy he is. And the third holy begins to scratch it just a little bit. But this is what you got to understand, that God has set himself apart. And so his actions, his thoughts, his attitudes will always be pure because there is nothing that will corrupt him. And that's good news for us because he loves us and wants the best for us and there is nothing that's going to change that in him. But the second thing that it tells us there is that the whole earth is full of his glory. The whole earth is a sign it's a sign of his holiness. Romans 1 and Psalm 19 remind us that in nature, we can see God's glory. In nature, we can understand who God is. And I would want you to know this, 
that it is out there for everybody to see. And the only way somebody doesn't see it is when they determine they don't want to. That's God's holiness. And uh, there were other people that saw God's holiness. Moses saw it, and this is what it says in, in Exodus 15, 11. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working in wonders. Moses caught a glimpse of God's holiness. And then a young lady named Hannah who wanted to have a child. This is what she said. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. When we encounter the holiness of God, can I just tell you, we'll realize how unholy we are and how unworthy we are. And Isaiah's reaction is going to show us that. Uh, in, in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, verse five, this is what he says. He says, woe to me. I cried, I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. Just about every version says, woe is me. Just about every verse says that. But then when it says I'm ruined, some say I'm doomed. Some say I, I, I'm as good as dead. Some says that, that, that I, I've made a mess of everything. Uh, but I love the old King James. It just says I've come undone, fallen apart. That's where Isaiah finds himself in this. And he attributes it to this. He says, I've got unclean lips. Now, I want you to understand, unclean lips, and this is what Jesus tells us, unclean lips are about the condition of the heart. Because this is what Jesus says. He says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So what Isaiah is saying, he's saying, my heart's a mess, and I live among a bunch of people whose hearts are a mess. Now, what's going to happen here is that you're going to see a truth that we learn about a little bit later in the New Testament. And I want you to hear this. Is when we confess our sins to God, that he forgives. We find the truth in 1 John 1, 9, and this is what it says there. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, when we see God's holiness, we're going to be completely wrecked just like Isaiah. We're going to be wrecked like Isaiah, and we're going to realize that we, we are in need of mercy, and we're going to confess to God. And this doesn't make much sense, but we say, God, I, I, I'm, I, I'm a mess. And then that allows God to work, and he comes and he forgives so we get to the second part of this passage now. And if we stop there and, and Isaiah says, woe to me, I'm ruined, it wouldn't be much, uh, much good for us, would it? But what happens is next is that Isaiah encounters God's mercy and grace. And, and then he realizes that God has a plan for him. So the second thing that I want you to learn today is that when we encounter God's mercy and grace, we want to tell others about what we have. We want to talk about God's goodness. And, and uh, I want you to remember what we just read. We read that the seraphim came with a live coal, a hot coal, and he placed it on Isaiah's lips. And, and, uh, and this is what the, the seraphim says in Isaiah 6, 7. See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken, your Guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. 
That's God's mercy. That's God's mercy. He says, I've paid for your sin. I've taken care of it. And and I want you to understand that, that mercy is when God cleanses us. Mercy is when we don't get what we deserve. He deserved to die, but God gave him cleansing. Why? Because he confessed his sin. But, but then it goes on and moves on to grace. And grace is when we get what we don't deserve. And, and he got to be a part of God's team. But, but this is what I want us to do first, is, is to maybe get a better understanding of God's mercy. And, and, and there are a couple of verses I want to share with you that maybe will help you understand God's mercy. The first one is from Micah in, in chapter 7 and verse 8. This is what it says. Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. Did you catch that last part right there? God delights to show mercy. Did you catch that? God wants to show us mercy. God is doing everything he can to direct us to mercy. We've gotten a wrong picture of God. So many of us think we have an I gotcha God, that he's up there waiting to catch us so that he can punish us. He's waiting up there for us to say, God, I I realize the mess I made of myself. And then he's ready to forgive He delights to show mercy. Let's go on to hear what Jeremiah says about about mercy in Lamentations, the third chapter in verse 22. Uh, Jeremiah writes about this, and and, and if you're like me, you may be thinking, well, I've run out of mercy. There surely isn't enough. But listen to what, what Jeremiah says in Lamentations. He says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. Oh, that's good. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. Let me just tell you right here, you need to hear this, is there's nothing that you can do that can, that can move you outside of the, the scope of God's mercy. Nothing. There's always enough mercy if we'll go back and confess and that's so important. Every night, God is cooking up a whole batch of new mercies, and they're fresh every morning. But that's great news for us. That's great news. And the second thing in here that you, you know, we talked about is just grace. And, and God cleaned up. God cleaned up Isaiah. And, and, and what did he do? He cleaned him up, and then he says, I need you to go and help. I need you to go and be my spokesman. I need you to, to, to speak on my behalf. What he says to Isaiah, he says, I want you on my team. And Isaiah did not deserve to be on the team. You remember what grace was. It's when we get what we don't deserve. And none of us deserve to be on God's team because of our sinfulness. But he takes care of that through his mercy. And then he calls us to be with him. I want to remind you of something. And this is something that every single one of us needs to hear. We are cleansed. We are cleansed to serve. When you come to Jesus and he makes you new, then you have a task to do, and that's to share with other people. 
You see, his mercy comes and cleans us. His mercy makes us so that we can stand in his presence. And then our job is to do what? Go to other people and serve them. Isaiah saw God's holiness and it wrecked him. Then God poured his mercy out on him and it transformed him into God's spokesman. I remind you of where we began, the sermon in a sentence, and that transformation happens when we see God clearly. Robbie Zacharias passed away about a week ago. You may not know the name Ravi Zacharias, but uh, he, he was a great apologist. Uh, that means that he was a, a, a man that, um, uh, that, that defended God and defended God's word. And, uh, and I just want you to understand that, 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 that he was great at that, but that wasn't always like his life was. Uh, he, he, when he was younger, when he was a teen, would rather spend time on the cricket field than in the classroom. And, and, and he was a disappointment to his dad. He grew up in India, a disappointment to his dad, and he was punished harshly. When he was a teenager, he went to a Youth for Christ event and, and came to know Jesus Christ, but it wasn't too long after that, that that he tried to take his own life. When he was in the hospital, the Youth for Christ leader came and again shared Christ with him. And he said at that point, he saw the glory of God. He saw the holiness of God and experienced the mercy and grace of God, and it transformed him. And he wrote many books. He spoke on many college campuses. He became a spokesman for God. Why? Because he clearly saw God and was transformed. What God did in Ravi Zacharias was what he did in Isaiah and what he does in all of us. And you may say, well, how does that happen in my, in my life? It happens as we'll find out from Jeremiah 29. And Jeremiah 29 simply says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You see, it's when we seek God, when we look for God, what happens is we will find him when we look with all our heart. And when we see him clearly from looking for him, can I tell you what will happen? We will be transformed, just like Isaiah. And just like Ravi Zacharias, I think the place that we can begin today is at communion. Because I will tell you, in communion, what happens is this, is that we come into the presence of the holy God. We see the perfect lamb of God that was slain on our behalf. So we're seeing his holiness in the perfect lamb of God. And then we see the sacrifice that makes us pure when we go to him and confess our sins. And, and, and today in communion, we remember that through a little piece of bread that represents his body and a little bit of juice that reminds us of, of his blood. So if you will, take that little piece of cracker or whatever you're using today and just hold it in your hand for just a minute. And I want you to remember that our God, the sacrifice that was paid for us was holy holy, holy, and that he crawled up on the cross 
and died in our place. And his whole glory fills the earth. You see, this is what this reminds us of. And right now, we just need to say to God, show me, show me, God. I want to seek you with all my heart. I want to know the lamb that was slain for me. And when we seek him with our whole hearts, we will see him. Let's take the bread right now and remember the holiness of the sacrifice that was made for us. And then we take the juice that reminds us of his blood. The holy, holy, holy lamb of God shed his blood so that we could spend all eternity with God. And so as we partake today, we just simply say, God, thank you. Thank you for washing away my sins. Thank you for showing your grace to me that I can now serve you because I'm clean. Let's remember the blood of the Holy Lamb that was shed for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the story of Isaiah. And Father, like Isaiah, we want to see you. We want to understand your holiness and we realize that it will wreck us. But Father, then we look so forward to the cleansing that comes through the broken body of Jesus Christ, your holy lamb. Make it clear to us, Father. Make it clear to us that our sins have been taken care of and then ignite us to go and speak on your behalf. For I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. As we sing this next song, I want you to pay particular attention to the words. They're straight out of this passage. And and, and I will tell you what this song sings about would happen to us if we were to step into the holiness of God. We would fall down and we would worship him. Sing, focus, meditate on these words, and let them work in your heart. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at